What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Cabbage Cart Podcast, your weekly source for all things Avatar. That includes Avatar The Last Airbender, The Legend of Korra, the graphic novels, and books. Fair warning, this podcast will contain spoilers for all Avatar content. With that being said, I hope you enjoy the show. This week on the cart, we pick up right where we left off last week, continuing with chapters 8 through 10 of Rise of Kyoshi. We are your hosts. I'm Austin. I'm Ricky. I'm Ian. And this is the Cabbage Cart Podcast. All right. Welcome back to the Kyoshi, Rise of Kyoshi series that we're going to be doing, uh, part two. How many parts, by the way, okay, so how many parts so are we going to be doing? <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, right, that's I right. I love your energy yeah, this morning, Yeah, that's Austin. right, because last week Ricky came in. You, dude, you sounded confused, first off, all right? You didn't even know where, we, where you was, were at. Everyone was confused. <laughs> I, okay, also, can't, can't can't be too hard on Ricky because it is his birthday weekend. Happy birthday, Ricky. What up? Happy yes, birthday, yes. Ricky. We you did a, uh, last year we did a podcast on my birthday. Did we? Yeah. Like we recorded on your birthday? Yeah. I remember I got a phone call in the middle of it. And I, I mean, that's no different than any other <laughs> episode we recorded. Uh, speaking of which, have you checked your phone yet? Oh, Is it shit. on silent? I, I did turn off my alarms. Okay. And Ian, it's called having friends. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Try it. Oh. Or bill collectors. Yeah, right. Uh, no, today's not Ricky's birthday, but uh, Sunday the 12th will be. Word. And I believe on Sunday... Is it Sunday? We're going to go meet Ray Park. Ooh. Ray Park. Who, uh, if you don't know, now you know the Darth Maul from episode one. Yeah. He, he plays Darth Maul. But he's also like a crazy athlete, like stuntman. He was also yeah. uh, Toad in the in the first X-Men. Yep. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, so, I, so that guy's crazy athletic. Yeah, he's then. super crazy athletic. Yeah. I, I'm like, what do you sound like? Because he's never given any lines. About? <laughs> uh, he has. He has like four wines in episode one. Goes ribbit. Yeah, he. he no, yeah, he he did. He barely he has any any lines in X Men. Yeah, no. I'm okay. So I'm glad that they didn't give Darth Maul a lot of lines or any lines. Why? Like, I think it added because because dude, Darth Maul is like pure rage. You know what I mean? Have you seen like, Have you seen Solo? Yeah. That'd be, that'd be stay till the end of Solo. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Well, that's a different Darth Maul. That's you know. No, too bad they're not. That's Ray Park. Oh, yeah, is he in it, Solo? Yeah. yeah that's Ray yes. Park too? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. He got to come back for that, huh? Yes. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. But anyway. Am I the only one that thought Darth Maul was like kind of chubby in Solo? <laughs> <laughs> like, he kinda, I'm like, hey, you kind of put on some weight there, bud. <laughs> Do a little bit more backflip It's like there, It's Ray. like the 40-year-old dad bod yeah. Darth Maul. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's the Boba Fett the, from, yeah, 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 from yeah. Mando. Yeah. Ooh, speaking of which, the book of Boba Fett drops in two oh, weeks. Shit. Holy shit. Doesn't it drop like Christmas, Christmas Day? Day? Yeah, Christmas okay. Day. There's a lot of people at the oh shop that God. come in. They're not excited about it. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I don't... I'm excited for it. What's up with the hate? I don't know. He's freaking space Batman, it's pretty much. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, what's, what's not to like about Boba uh, Fett? Boba Fett. I don't know. I've heard Hawkeye is really good. Is it good? I've heard it's terrible. Really? I haven't watched it. I don't have the internet yet, so... You need to get on that, man. I Adulting know. is hard sometimes. I know, bro. but I'm not at home. Yeah, I get that. I, uh, I, I mean, I, I kind of like everything though. That's my problem. So yeah. I really like like Hawkeye so far. You like the show? Yeah, Hawkeye or the character? No, the show. Okay, I didn't. <laughs> no, no one likes the character. I, <laughs> I didn't like the character until the show. Really? I read that he Loki was... for me. Is that's how it is for Loki for you? Yep. Until you watch really? the show. Okay. I did not like Loki, and oh. then I watched the show, and I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> I uh, have you got? I, I didn't like Owen Wilson until Loki. I thought Marley and me sucked. Wow. No, I'm just kidding. Really? I hated the dog in that movie. <laughs> At the oh, end, Marley? I was like, good. <laughs> <laughs> Marley Jesus. and me, dude. I was dry heaving, like crying. You're so talking hard. the two major dude, dog I know, lovers man. right here, bro. I haven't. I still haven't seen Marley and me. S- Sarah I'm like, still makes fun of me over it. <laughs> nah, like, nah. When she tells a story, I'm like in the kitchen, like dry heaving. I had to. I had to remove myself. Because I was I was crying so hard. It's okay. It's all right, buddy. <laughs> it's fiction. What were you gonna say though? You said something. You were gonna say something about Star Wars. Oh no! I, no, I was a uh, Arcane, the show on Netflix. I just finished it. Oh, and it's so 
goddamn amazing. The animation on I've that I've heard is about dope. it. I watched the first episode it's, after your recommendation. It's so good. And I know nothing about League of Legends, and it's just so stinking good. It, I like, I can tell, you know. It's so, a League show? Sometimes you so can tell. League of Legends. It's based on the characters oh, of League of Legends. Okay. Sometimes you can tell you're going to like a show just based on how it's presented to you. Before right. you even get into the story, you're like, this is going to be dope. And League of Legends, the or the Arcane show, like that's one of them. I like I told Sarah, I'm like, this is this is really cool. Like she's not gonna watch it ever. <laughs> I'm like, this is a really cool show, Sarah. Like I really like it. <laughs> she pats you on the head. Okay, she's like, that's, that's nice. nice. That's nice. <laughs> uh, so this got me thinking though. Uh, Avatar Studios, they're gonna be doing like this hybrid two two D three D kind it's of. Gonna be, I think it's gonna be like that. I think it's gonna look like Arcane, which nice. is or like Enter the Spider Verse, well, basically. I haven't yeah. even. I haven't even seen a, a preview for this show. For Arcane? Arcane. No, I have you don't no have internet. I yeah, I have no <laughs> idea what you guys are talking about. Really? No, not even I am in the dark. Be, before you leave today, I'll we'll, okay. we'll look at it. It's yeah. trailer. You'll like it. By the way, what do we think about uh Star Wars Eclipse? Oh, oh my <laughs> god, dude. Okay, you know what? Maybe we don't do Kyoshi no, 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 today. No, 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 no. <laughs> Maybe we just talk all right, about All right, that. here's the thing. Here's the thing. We got to be careful with the, the, the cinematic game trailers. First of all, it's like in early development. Sure. So we're not going to see it for like the next two years. Sad. Second, it it, it reminded me a lot of um, the Old Republic trailers or whatever that they had come out before oh, oh yeah. like revan and stuff no no the old republic um you are not prepared um that's world of warcraft yeah you're right <laughs> <laughs> but these cinematic trailers are like dude like you're such a nerd you know your different trailers i played dude. i played <laughs> wow for way too long man these cinematic trailers are kind of misguiding I think yeah. like they'll do that. They'll, they'll do that. And they'll be like, and it's, it's Minecraft. It's, yeah. <laughs> no, no, they'll be like, they'll be like, and here's the new, uh, star Wars virtual mobile card game. Oh, <laughs> like, damn you it. know, star Wars eclipse, yeah. the mobile card game. Dude. I don't know. I got big time high Republic vibes from it. I thought that those, I think it happens at, like episode one ish. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? I think it's before you're that. incorrect. There's C3PO in it. And there's Yoda that's, on the First council. of all, that's not C-3PO. How is that not? Anyway. <laughs> that's not C-3PO. Okay, no, not, okay. not and Yoda is around during the High, high Republic. I know he is. We, we need it's to get not... into Kyoshi. We need to get <laughs> into it. Kyoshi. We need to get into Kyoshi. I wanted to argue. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. Because I'm with you. Yeah. But, uh, Ian's wrong. Uh, <laughs> I, t- I'm stoked on that. You're stoked on that? I, I, I'm cautious. I I'm cautious know. of a cinematic trailer. Uh, there's I no indication there's, as to what the story or the game is. No. Like, it's yeah, just literally a cool trailer. I don't know. If yeah. it's anything like Jedi Fallen Order, it's going to be good. Can I share you something with you yep. real quick about what my brother said about the trailer? Yeah, uh, about Kiyoshi. About Kiyoshi. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Uh, he said, I want to be a drum-banging goop goblin. <laughs> 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 Which is the guy, you know. That's exactly what it is. It's a drum-banging goop goblin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Okay. Um, anyway, let's get into Kiyoshi, dude. Yeah, let's yeah. hop into Kiyoshi. What chapters are we going through? Eight through eleven. Eight through eleven. The, and the cha- big ones. The big are ones. Are they? I mean, they set up the rest of the story pretty pretty, okay. pretty much. I mean, there's the chapter ten is probably is the the biggest chapter so far. Yeah. Uh, chapter ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are correct. Yeah. So give us a recap. Let's go through a recap of what we talked about last week. Episode, that's right. going to be chapters one through seven. Well, basically, we left off. Uh, on the iceberg, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Kiyoshi summoned Earth out of the seafloor, started fucking people up. From two, was it like 200 steps away or like... Like pa- deep. Yeah, 200 uh, paces deep. Deeper than Jianzu could could fathom. Yes. Or could do. Anyway. <laughs> that's current. That's in chapter... Yeah, I was about to say. I was <laughs> yeah, like, that's, that's in chapter eight. Anyway. Uh, well, that's not really a big point to Whatever. the overall story. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> you were saying <laughs> I like how you're like let's recap and then you go to the end of the recap well I guess that's really all that yeah we, well, that's we, all that know, we, just, we get yeah. introduced to Kiyoshi we get introduced to Yoon the um, I guess the the false avatar or the perceived avatar at this point uh, Heiron uh, Jianzu and Kelsing which are the bending masters of Avatar Karuk um, and then who did I, who did I forget Rangi Ranji mm-hmm. 
Rangy. Rangy. Yeah. How do they say it in the in the audiobook? Wrong guy. Wrong <laughs> wrong guy. Uh yeah. So we get introduced to these characters. <laughs> Makes me scowl. We get introduced to these characters, and then um, also we get introduced to the the Fifth Nation, which is a a Dalfe or a a, a pirate nation. Tagaka is the leader of of said nation, um, and she got that patty whapped. <laughs> she, she she sure did. So she's she's gone, um, and now and now we're at chapter eight, the fracture. So the chapter eight kind of opens up with Kiyoshi waking up from what just happened, right? right. So she kind of passed out on the iceberg, right? And, and it's Janzu talking to her, right? Yeah. Well, she wakes up and Janzu is, is sitting next to her. And doesn't she describe? She's like, I have no reason to fear Janzu, but like, she is uncomfortable. She's uncomfortable. Well, yeah, like in this scenario, she didn't have the whole point that she was trying to make is that she. Uh, had never been this close to Jianzu before. Like there's right. there's these pleasantries that they have because he took her in and and put her to work. But the closeness that they were at 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 this point in time was uh uncomfortable to her, and she wasn't used to it. And Jianzu basically explains to her the Earth Kingdom at the time, right? Like the, like the geopolitics of the of the world, really, but specifically the Earth yeah. Kingdom too. He flat out asks her what how what she thinks. Of the state of the union, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. How do you feel about the Earth Kingdom? And she's like, "What the, what? Why are you asking me this?" Well, she, and he kind of starts to like talk trash on, uh, on, uh, Bossing uh, Say, saying that like really they're just kind of like a figurehead, right. but they're not actually in control of anything. Kind of how they are even up until the Hundred Year War, right? They just kind of stay within their walls. Talking heads. Yeah, and they don't really do much for the rest of the Earth Kingdom, even though they're supposed to be the capital of the Earth Kingdom. Right. And he kind of alludes – I don't even know if he specifically says it, that he's kind of like the glue that holds he, everything that, together. Yeah, he basically says that he knows everyone. He knows all the bending masters around the world. He knows – and what he's what he was saying is that in all the other, all the other three nations, the word uh, for Delphi doesn't exist. They're just criminals. But in the Earth Kingdom – um, they they give them power they, by calling them by the, naming yeah, them by naming them Delphi or Delphi, whatever so, it is, and it and it allows them to kind of have a sense of authority. They they have the the feeling of governance kind of thing, but the the people who really have the power is basically Janzu because he knows everyone. He has the the influence. Um, not even the sages that they call them uh, in the Earth Kingdom have as much influence as he does. If you've watched any like politics-related drama show, like House of Cards or anything like that, right. it's exactly how it is. Pretty like much. there's there's somebody behind the scenes that's actually running the show, right? And he's that guy, right? Pretty much, right? Right. So I think this is important to the overall story. I it almost seemed like it's an intimidation factor. I was going to yeah. I was going to say that yeah. he basically. Oh, I forgot what's going on over there. Well, he's so <laughs> Damn it. he knows that the avatar could choose anybody he wants or she wants to train them, right? Like they don't have to inherit right. okay, Kar- yeah. Avatar Karuk's team. So to me, it seemed like he's telling her this: like you can go anywhere, you can do anything you want, but I have my my fingers in every every pot, and there's nowhere you can go that I can't reach you. Is what I got from that. Is at the time is John Zoo like the most powerful person in the world? We don't have an avatar. He literally says he's like I basically he's like the, the Earth King. The responsibilities have fallen to him because yeah. the things that the that the Avatar is supposed to do is keep peace between the nations, peace between the spirit world. And since there is no Avatar at this point, um, he's had to do it. He's had to take up that mantle. Yeah, and as the story goes on, we learn more and more about Jianzu, and he definitely uses the Avatar to his ad- own personal advantage. Right, and this is uh, just him trying to. You know, get his foot in the door right away. Right. She woke up and he's already there talking to her about this stuff. Well, there's a reason that you find out at the very end of this chapter why. So after she has a conversation with Jianzu, um, he tells her that she needs to rest, but she's like, no, fuck off. And then she wants to find uh, Yoon and Rongi. So she goes down the hall into Yoon's room and and he's soaking his, his hand because it's still stained from the... No, the, the tablet, the the, the, the ink tab, um, and Rongi is over there, 
uh, like staring out the window, staring out the stewing and staring out the window as a fire nation steaming does. Yeah. <laughs> so, and for some god awful reason, they're both like angry at Kiyoshi. Like she knew what the hell she was doing, and she kept it kept it from them this entire time. So, also too, uh, this is something that I just found interesting from reading uh, the notes on this chapter is that uh, the Tagaka and her crew are taken to, well, Tagaka specifically are taken to Lake Laogai. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, is Lake Laogai the, what it is in, in Atla at that point? No. I, I don't, there's it seems like it's more of a traditional prison. The, the Daiwi hasn't been established. At that right. So is it it's the a, Daiwi that a, makes it like a, a brainwashing, re, a brainwashing camp? Or is it? Well, who knows? Or is it the homeboy that, that steals Appa? That makes it like um, that. What's his name? Uh, oh. Longfang. 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 It might be Longfang that does that. Well, Longfang was just in charge of the dailies, though. Is Longfang Atlas version of Jianzu? Yes, I would say yeah. yes. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we talked about that in the first yeah. place that we yeah, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. compared him to Longfang. Pretty that, sure we did. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, because he had nice. he yeah. had uh, influence over the Earth. He, had, he like, controlled he's, he's the like, Earth kind of like Worm Tongue a bit. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah. And but I don't know if Lake Laogai at, at this time in Kiyoshi's era was a uh, brainwashing facility. facility. But we do know it's much. a high security prison. It right. at least exists, yeah, and that's where they're throwing the biggest and baddest. I wonder so. if it's like it's, the, um, the boiling rock of of uh, Earth Kingdom. Yeah, probably. Yeah, nice. Yeah, where they send the worst of the worst, as <laughs> uh, Azula said in uh, that newest comic. Oh, uh, Suki alone. Suki alone. Yeah. Suki alone. I want to see more Atla prisons. We get to see a lot of them in uh, in Korra, actually. We do, don't we? Yeah. Yep. So, Ian, you were saying though too that like you didn't understand why Heyran and Rangi, Rangi and Yoon. So uh, Yoon wasn't mad. He was. I think it was just Rangi. Well, Rang, yeah, Rangi was kind of she was stewing about it, and he's like staring at me, bro. <laughs> what is it? Uh, she was Keep going. She was stewing uh, looking out the window and then she just finally snapped and at Kiyoshi because she's coming in, she's barging in. It's like, hey, "Are you guys okay? What's going on?" And then uh, I think Rangi's like, well, "Don't pretend like you don't know what you're doing." Like, do you, are you trying to make it so Yoon is is not the avatar? Like, I, I don't know. The, yeah. There's just like this animosity towards Kiyoshi. That I don't understand, because she, she legitimately did not know she was the Avatar. Mm-hmm. So why are you taking it out on Kyoshi? She didn't fucking know. Well, and I, I didn't think Yoon was necessarily mad. I think that he um, he understood that he understood you, what you're saying. Right. But I think that there is like just some some a little bit of resentment that I that I you know that I got from that. Really? Like, like well, underlying, maybe, maybe it's because, you know, as you go through, you learn more about Yoon and his character. Right. But like looking, since we've already read this one time, I'm like, uh, maybe he's just trying to save face right now, but there's some underlying resentment that we haven't seen yet. Right. Because you get more story later. But how, like, she says, are you trying to illegitimize, illegitimize Yoon as the avatar? It doesn't how make is, any sense. That makes no sense to me. That literally makes no sense to me. Kiyoshi should have been like, yeah, I am. <laughs> You're coming at me like that? Maybe I am. It's like, yeah, y- Yoon was the Avatar, but now I decided I'm going to be the Avatar and fuck you. Like, that's not how yeah, it works. Yeah, 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 right. yeah, yeah. Right. But that's how she's acting. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I don't know. I So I like to kind of, when I'm reading this and why it takes me so effing long is because I start going on tangents in my head. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I, well... I don't want to ruin the rest of the book. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So then the next chapter is uh, is Desperate Measures. And this is kind of where they're going into testing Kiyoshi to see if what they suspect is true. Well, we, we didn't. We need, we need to finish off chapter eight. What happened? Well, because after she talks to uh, Yoon and, hey, and uh, hey, Ron, God damn it, and Rangi, uh, she goes and talks to Kelsang. Oh, right. And Kelsang's injured up because she he got uh, needled by Tagaka's ice shards mm-hmm. uh and he lets it out that that because she was she was unconscious for like three days right three days yeah i think so um that he told uh Janzu and everyone else that he thinks that she might be the avatar oh yeah and she the, feels a little bit hurt about this she's like she's, why she feels betrayed that yeah. that she that he went and told their secret without her consent yeah so she kind of takes it out on him 
and this plays, you know, into uh, chapter 10 a little bit. And then she goes into the Avatar state and <laughs> kills murder. him. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she after he, he tells her that uh, because you were gone for three, day, three days, I thought you died. You know, because if you died, then we had to go to the next uh, the next nation to find the next Avatar. So I had to let it out that you might be the Avatar. And so she she resents him and then storms off. That makes sense. Also a dick move, though. Why, though? Why is that a dick move? Because she was alive and just unconscious. Like, what made her think she was dead? He said he thought that her spirit had left her body. Oh. Oh, okay. Being the monk that he is. Yeah, being the monk that he is. Being uh, uh, spiritually connected to the spirits. (laughs) (laughs) Well put, he is. Well put. (laughs) I can English good. (laughs) <laughs> so I mean, like if 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 he thought that she died and they've been having such a hard time finding the avatar up to this point, then they're going to need to look at the next nation. I want to point out that it says that Kilsing was eating a bowl of seaweed soup, which yes. does not exist in our official cookbook. It so does yeah, broken. What, what does that other thing? Well, well, in the opening that, of cha- of the next chapter, opening of chapter eight, she uh, nine nine. <laughs> yes, she she nine. is going. Um, She's going to have breakfast, and she's escorted out of her quarters into the like this grand hall where guests are usually taken. So her status in the in the house has been elevated greatly. Yeah. So she was like, "What the hell?" She's like, "What's going on?" She and she sits down at this giant table, and all this these goodies like fried food, you know, baked goods are there. And she said that she normally, when she has time, she has a bowl of juke. So. If we we have our cookbook here, and Juke is actually in there, let's uh let's go through the let's see the ingredient list real quick. Do it's, you remember I what tribe pa- it was? Like page sixty three or something like that. It's in the oh, it's Uncle Iroh's Juke. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Iroh's Juke. It's exactly page sixty three, dude. That's uh, nice. Very that. well done. There you go, right there. Oh, there it is. So let's read off these ingredients because this is kind of cool that we get to read it in a book and then actually see what it consists of. Yeah, right. So uh, for the Juke, it says one cup brown rice. Half a cup of millet, whatever that is. We haven't determined if that's even <laughs> I think it's pronounced it. mie. <laughs> 12 cups of water. Damn. Oh, because it's a soup. That makes sense. <laughs> One teaspoon kosher salt. Fresh He's chopped so, cilantro. He's so like, water? 12 cups? <laughs> Preposterous. <laughs> Never cook anything over 10 cups. Uh, and then roasted peanuts for garnish. For garnish. Cilantro. And then there's there's like this, this bread. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude, this is like a yeah. whole meal. It's a whole bro. meal. Yeah. It, so what it is, it's it's like rice oatmeal. Is what it looks like. That sounds texturally very <laughs> unpleasant. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like uh you've had a bread pudding? No. No? No. Really? I don't like I have. the idea of bread pudding grosses me out. Yeah, it's remember delicious. that one time you bought 10 loaves of bread? <laughs> <laughs> My mom made bread pudding. It was 10 for 10, bro. It was a great deal. Do you want to get some context on that one a little bit? <laughs> yes, yes. Austin had just moved into our house, and he's like, hey, I'm going to go help out, get you some guys, groceries. You, you, like, just out of high school, right? Yeah. Okay. And I was Austin's like, I wanted like, to be helpful. Yeah, I wanted to be helpful around the house. So he's like, I'll pick up some stuff at the store. Bread was ten for ten dollars, so Austin bought ten, ten loaves of bread. <laughs> I thought you had to buy all ten to get the deal. Uh, yeah, we get it. <laughs> that's such a that's dude. Such a, I remember that because we had we had toast, bread pudding. Oh no, I have had the bread pudding because that's yeah, right. That's yeah, right, yeah. Right. Um, what else? You, we basically we had like through, toast. We like were giving away bread. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. I, I don't think any of it went bad. I'm no. pretty sure we somehow. Had. Oh yeah, yeah well like there was there four, was like five four boys yeah. and yeah. two adults. And, yeah, yeah. We went through ten loaves of bread. Yeah, man. <laughs> that's such a high school thing to do. <laughs> I thought I had to buy ten of each. Damn it. And that's when I found out you don't have to buy all ten to get the oh, deal. Mix and match, buddy. First of all, but here's, here's by the way, <laughs> very misleading. Why would they say ten for ten? Are they trying to get you to buy ten? Yes. What they're yeah. What, yes. They're, what they're telling you that it, it's a dollar. Why not just say a dollar each? Why? Because some dumbass want you to buy ten. Will come in and be like, I have to buy ten. <laughs> uh, well, hey man, it worked, dude. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. So this sounds Where like an awful, we? awful bread pudding. <laughs> we were talking about juke. 
Yeah, juke. So this is the opening. Kyoshi's yeah. eating a bowl of juke. Well, that's where we're at. She was saying that normally she eats a bowl of juke. So I'm uh, I'm assuming juke is is like their form of oatmeal, or like yeah, a, whatever cream of wheat or yeah. some shit like that. Ooh, I love some cream of wheat. Do you really? Yep. I've never had it. I can't think of a time I've eaten cream of wheat. Is oh yeah. So this no, it's good. It's just it's, good. it's like creamy wheat. Grit, like grits. You ever had grits? I don't yeah. like grits. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's uh not. It's not as grainy as grits. It's more smooth. Yeah. Mm. Um, but you, all, all you need <laughs> out of here with yeah. that. You just flavor it with some butter and brown sugar. Ooh, girl, you better you stop it. Go, baby. I don't like. I don't like grits. Does anyone here like grits? I don't like grits either. Um, I've only ever had them at Waffle House, so that doesn't really count. But grits right? isn't juke, so okay. Yeah, sorry. Back anyway. back back to the thing. Back. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Shiny ball. <laughs> right. Uh, so we're, we're what's going on? Anyway, she's, so she's she's eating. She's, some she's, juke. she's eating. Um, no, she's eating. She's not eating juke. Oh, she's okay. normally eating juke. <laughs> she's sitting at this table with all this this accoutrement of of food. Uh, Great word. I know, right? Uh, and she's uncomfortable. She's not used to having all this kind of stuff. There's really nothing important that happens in this chapter. I feel no, like, right? they try to test her with with firebending. Or sorry, yeah, that's super important. But what I mean, like, so aside from that, though, like at the beginning of the chapter, the only thing that that that's that the beginning of the chapter is trying to establish is that she's starting to get treated differently around the palace. Right. She has other like uh, servants that are serving her, and they keep calling her like Mistress Kiyoshi, and and her stat her status has changed basically. And you know, like yesterday or whatever, a week ago. Like I, I bought you that comb I, that you're wearing in your hair right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Like this is Kyoshi. Well, Don't knock it off. Knock it off. And and they're like, no, you, you are. <laughs> sorry, yeah, sorry. And and then it's like you're not to report to work anymore. You you're to report to the training training grounds. That's got to be kind of uncomfortable. You I know, bet it I, is. to have like Ricky was saying last week, like humble beginnings. And now all of a sudden you're kind of forced into accepting this new role. Yeah, she's. She's still in the mindset that she's a servant of Jianzu, and even when she goes to to the training grounds, she bows to him. Yeah, and, and he says, "Don't do that anymore. You don't need to do that anymore." I don't even like when like don't a, bother with a, that. Like I, I appreciate the customer service, but I don't I don't even like when a server is like if I'm at a restaurant and they're overly like they're too. It almost seems like they're too nice to me. You know what I mean? Like I'd rather them just be cool. Like, hey, bro, like, what do you want to eat today? You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather be more casual. Have you ever been? But usually they're like, and for you, sir, what would you like? Have you, you ever worked at In and Out? I was going to say, you, have you worked in the service industry? <laughs> no. Yeah, but like, yeah, in and out. But that's different. That's, that's different. different. But In and Out is famously over the top. Yeah. Like. Yeah, but you could always be cool about it. You know what I'm saying is, is like, there's a level of. Uh, like hoity toitiness, yeah. you know what I mean? Like a like fanciness that people like it's it's uncomfortable sometimes for me. And so I'm assuming Kyoshi kind of feels the same way right now. I mean, I would I would I would agree that it might be uncomfortable if you've never eaten at a, at a, like a nice restaurant before, you yeah. know. And then yeah. you get treated like royalty. And you're like, man, this is weird, right? You know, I can I can see that, especially if if the person that's that's serving you're not used to it, if the person that's serving you used to be. Your ne- buddy, your buddy, you know, and and they're they're addressing you in a very formal way, like man, what the yeah, like imagine if like you, like you came over one day and I and I started just like bowing to Hello, you. Hello, sir. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, it'd be weird, right? Yeah, it'd be weird. So that's what's going on with Kyoto so, right now. She's I getting know used to how we're opening next week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, good sir. Uh, bring your monocles. Yes. <laughs> so. Uh, she gets uh, switched off away to the training grounds where uh, Jianzu and Heiron are, and they are doing a, a firebending test on Kiyoshi, basically. And what it's a te- the baby test, right? The where baby they test. hold the uh, the the like it's almost like cotton or embers or something it, to her, yeah, it's to her like, nose. It's like a yeah, little fire starter fire thing. starter. Thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they have a name for it. They do have a name. Oh, do that. It has an actual. No, yeah, I don't, yeah, totally I don't, I don't, I don't remember. Anyway, it's a highly. We're really good at substance. this. It's it's like a it's like a like a uh, something bundled together with all the different kinds of of material that burns easily, basically. Tinder, yeah. Tinder, Tinder. Thank you. That's it. So she like the app. One of the okay. One of the things that that FC. FC Yi like the app like what (laughs) (laughs) that was a delay (laughs) well that's why I'm looking at you like like the app anyway so one of the things that I like uh, about FC Yi's writing is how he paints the picture I was going to talk about the 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 last episode on on the iceberg 
how it it kind of felt uneasy. Like they're walking onto the iceberg and they're, they're meeting Tagaka and it it felt really um the red wedding. Like you mm-hmm. knew something was going on. Like right. this is this doesn't feel right. You know, and it, even when they get to the table, you're like shit's going to hit the fucking fan. I I know it. He's really good at setting the scene. Right. Up. The uncertainty that Kiyoshi's feeling, you're feeling you're it feeling, as the reader. Right. And if you're reading it for the first time, I can like I kind of rob myself for listening to it because I I'm really getting a lot more by reading it. For sure, for sure. Um, told you. But he does it. <laughs> he does it again in this scene when she goes off and 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 is into the the training grounds. Um, Heron has taken the moisture out of the air, and and you can kind of feel it. In my opinion, you can kind of feel it when Kiyoshi's talking about how her throat is dry and she can't swallow and. And she just has this overwhelming dryness. And, you know, Hadron says, you know, I did that. Sorry. He, dude, he's super talented right. in being able to, like, in just a few sentences or a paragraph or so, creating this entire environment that you're able to visualize right there on the on the page. Right. And, like, you can see, you can feel Kiyoshi's, like, in an uncomfortable position. You're, now, can I ask? Without I, saying that she's right. in a position. Can I ask? Position. Is this, uh, I'm not trying to take any anything away from him, but... Is it helpful that we know this universe beforehand, before we're reading? I was you I was thinking the saying? same thing. That's I, a good point. Because I, I wanted my brother to read this, but he doesn't he doesn't watch Avatar, so I don't know if he's going to get the same kind of appreciated the same same way. Well, now I want his take on it. I yeah yeah. You'd have to pref like I mean, really, if he knows any kind of like feudal Japanese, you know, movies or anything like that, you could be pretty easy to visualize. Right, but. I definitely think it. That's a really fucking good question. I think it affects. Yeah, the you way know, you perceive it. You know what I'm saying? Because we we don't have a hard time imagining, like even right now, Kiyoshi. We can see Kiyoshi in your head. When well, I, when she's going to the training grounds and he's talking about how these these discs, these Earth discs, um, are strewn about. I I think of Korra. I'm thinking of like the yes, yeah, yeah, the yeah, bending yeah. arena and, yeah. and the the yep. barracks that they're in. Um, you kind of and in the scene you kind of get a. a a glimpse of her, her uh, personality because her tidiness and her meticulousness of, of cleaning kind of comes out when she's when she's surveying the area. She sees this locker that has been hastily uh, emptied to, I'm guessing, put together this tinder or whatever, right, or whatever, or whatever. Uh, and she comments on it in her head, like, "Oh, that's." My OCD is kicking in right now. That all this stuff needs to be cleaned it'd up. Because it'd be her responsibility it'd be her to res- take care of it. Right, right, right. Up until yesterday. Uh, yeah, exactly. Or that day. Or that day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a good point. And I think, uh, oh shoot, damn it! I just had a thought and I just lost. It. Oh <laughs> damn it! Oh uh, no! And I think uh, Kakashi Nine Five, right? So he's the artist yeah. that kind of does a lot of this stuff for um, the book. Right. Like not for the book, but he 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 created like panels out of scenes in the book. Right. As a fan. Right. And it was kind of interesting how. I felt like my my vision of these characters lined up with his vision of the characters, and I think that's testament to actually FCE's writing. Right. In that he helps port, like he does such a good job of portraying how these people are that it's almost universally understood, probably what they look like and and how they interact with each other. Right. On, on an actual comic. Right. It's really well done. So, um, she fails the test. Obviously. Well, it's ob- well, not obviously. Essentially, she fails the test. <laughs> Essentially, she fails the test. the The whole test is basically uh, the Fire Nation needs to identify which of their population can actually fire Ben, because uh, unlike any of the other elements, you can destroy an entire town. You can set it all ablaze if you don't control it, right? So they need to identify these children, and the test is they have this tinder and they put it under the nose of the child. And if it's, if they're a firebender within the first ten seconds, I think they right. she says whatever time it was within the first couple seconds, um, they create a spark and and light the tinder on fire. It's it's easy for a baby to do. You would think the avatar would do it immediately. It immediately, and so Kiyoshi fails. She she was at it for I, I don't know she, like. 20, Ten, 20 minutes, 30 yeah, minutes, yeah, yeah. and he ran. He ran was heating up the room, like right. literally trying to help trying her, to as, best help her as best as she can. Like, Give me something. Yeah. Show us something. Which is super dope, dude. The, and then Johnzu. Firebender can do that. When she fails, Johnzu's all fucking mad. <laughs> well, he like storms out and like, and it talks about the earth disc and is like, the, uh, they turn to dust. Oh, he, like, yeah. He like smashed them. Right. Well, hey, when, when uh, she 
finally gave up the test. Heron uh, moves away or walks away, and she says, "It only takes a couple seconds for infants to do this." And she says she couldn't read that response. So to me, in my head, she just basically got up, frustrated, you know, and looked at Jianzu. It takes infants seconds. And then just walks off. Kind of like, like you wasted my time. Mm-hmm. I, I, how dare you? We we know Yoon's the Avatar. Don't fuck with me in this shit. Yeah, it takes it takes infants seconds. You know, but she couldn't read her. And she, Kiyoshi couldn't read Heron's. So Heron hit it like uh, very uh, very legal, very passive aggressive. Like, yeah. Maybe like I fucking told you, it takes <laughs> it takes uh, infants seconds. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for wasting my time. And then Jianzu pissed off. Pissed off. In response. In response, you know, breaks the the play discs. Yeah. Uh, and then chapter 10, you know what? Not very important. Let's just <laughs> skip over. Oh, oh man. Well, uh, after after that, he, she ends up talking with Yoon for a little bit. And they kind of mm-hmm. have a little heart-to-heart. And they get flirty. They do get flirty. Yeah, you you really get in this scene that they had some sort of... What is he? Are, are those fire lilies? Right. So the, do you remember that? Do you know why Sprinkling they keep doing that? The f- yeah, because they they uh, were making out and then they were not making no. out. No, no, no I'm just kidding. So one out. like one of the duties of Kiyoshi was to go through all the gifts mm-hmm. that he was getting. So one time, a couple years back, she let him rest his head on her lap, which is like taboo. Tab. Well, yeah, that's is very taboo. If anyone walked in on them, she says that it would it would be both of their undoing. Which I don't get. If you're the Avatar. Well, if you're the Avatar, uh, th- yes. I don't understand <laughs> that either. I don't, if you're yeah. the Avatar and you're like... You're essentially on the same level as Jianzu at that point. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. You can see whoever the fuck you want. Well, you, you fuck gotta, whoever the fuck you want. Jianzu nice. <laughs> is in charge and he saw what happened with Karuk. And as far as they know, right. Karuk was just a womanizer for right. no good reason. And that's, that would... Right. It would be the undoing because of Jianzu. Because of Jianzu yeah. and because of Jianzu's perception of career. Right. Hmm. Exactly. Okay. So the story goes that they almost kissed, that she wanted to, uh, uh, you know, reach down and kiss him. And he knew that because he wanted to do the same thing. So every single time that he saw fire lilies, um, he, he like gave her a wink. Basically. He like lo- gave her the he look. Would, he would dart his eyes back and yeah, forth yeah, yeah. until she noticed. Yeah, and then they would they would share this giggle. Slick. It was like so, a little uh, pretty slick like mind kiss. Yeah, like hey hey hey, fire lilies. Hey girl, hey, hey. you know fire lilies. <laughs> so slick. hey, so, yeah, you got game, dude. <laughs> he does. So he he was kind of trying to break the ice, break the tension. Because uh, he knew that she was kind of in her own uh, feels at, how, the, at how, that point. He can't water bend. What are you talking about? What? No. <laughs> Break the ice. Break nice. The ice. <laughs> 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 I don't know if that warranted a high five, but okay. Well, okay. He's mad because he's not on the high five. <laughs> he didn't get <laughs> one of those high fives. <laughs> Sorry, bro. I only got one hand to high five with, and you didn't get it. What's important out of this chapter is Yoon's like, if it's not me, I'm happy it's you. Right. Yeah. And then at he, the end of And it. then he's like, we're late. I was sent here to get you because we're going on a trip. Well, also, <clears throat> he, uh, he 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 lets Kyoshi know, like, hey, however this pans out, if you're the Avatar, all the agreements that me and Jonzu have made together are no no and void because there's no way in hell that shit's gonna break loose. Right, right. Like, there's no way in hell that any of these uh, Delphi would would agree to the terms, knowing that they made the agreement with with a. A scoundrel or whatever. Yeah. Right. False avatar False or avatar. whatever they want to call him. Right. So she's feeling pressure now. She's feeling pressure. Sure. And then he says, we're late. I need to, I was sitting here to get you because we are going on a trip with Jianzu. And that's chapter 10 going into chapter 10. And that's a, it's a freaking it's a, banger a, of a, a chapter. It's a doozy. Dude. It's a doozy. <laughs> for sure. So Jianzu takes them on Peng Peng, Yun and Kiyoshi to... I don't know where. It's so, uh, so it's you, somewhere in the Earth Kingdom, and it's like an abandoned mining town, correct? Something like that. Mining yeah. like island. Island, yeah. I think it's an island. Is it? Or it's at least on a coast because there's water. Right. They, f- they Yeah, they fly over, they f- they do over, fly, water, they do fly over water onto it. Right. So yeah. whether it's an island or a peninsula or something like that. So at, at this point, you kind of get this idea that this is kind of unsanctioned at this point. It's called the spirit, like the... The chapter chapter is called the spirit, and it's kind of uh, foreshadowing. But when he when he's going and he's taking uh, 
Yoon and Kyoshi, he's like, yeah, it's just, we're just three earthbenders, you know, bonding. Well, doesn't she ask too? She's like, like where, why are we taking Pang Pang and Kelsang's not here? Right, right. So you cut, you immediately get this sense of unease. What's going on? Same thing with the iceberg. You're like, this doesn't seem right. This is this is weird. Well, when she steps off of Pang Pang onto the island, it says that she gets that same tingling sensation that she got on the iceberg. Right. So she's picking up on this. We're yeah. picking up on this as the right. reader. Something's not right. Right. Enter. <laughs> <laughs> like, you both look at me. They go into this abandoned, abandoned mining town, right? Right. Well, she, they, they pass through this mining town. And what? Enter a... Uh, a cave? They they go up on actually on like a you know what like a, hill, a hillside. It's like yeah. a plateau kind yeah. of yeah. And I believe it tells us in the book she's talking about the the area and about how these um these houses were structured. Literally, be like this is like temporary housing basically, and they weren't they weren't cared for. But when they enter this this cave, it's like what. Very oh, manicured. Yeah. Very, it's like perfect. And it's like, oh, what? It kind of stands out. So, um, well, before we get there, he, they were having a conversation. So, Yoon and, and Kyoshi on top of Peng Peng were having a conversation with Jianzu, wanting to know where they're going. You know, why are you taking us? Why is Master Kelsang not coming with us? Uh, yada, yada, yada. Are we going to try to invoke the Avatar state? And then. Kyoshi's like, what the fuck is the Avatar state? <laughs> you know? And so Jianzu starts I- explaining what the Avatar state is, and it's everything that we all know what it is. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he uh, explains that the first time that Karuk uh, uh, invoked the Avatar state, that he destroyed an entire island. Oh, basically. so they're, they're going out somewhere desolate. So they, yeah, going out somewhere They went somewhere desolate because they knew that invoking the Avatar state, like the first time, could destroy everything i mean we know that from from the siege of the north mm-hmm. you know it anyway yeah by the way uh my business partner danny he he's watching because he just now got netflix he's watching avatar for the first time for the very first time wow and i suggest but you have it on at the shop all the we time never want, man. Yeah. We're, we're working man but right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> working um but I suggest you guys find someone who's never never watched Avatar, get them to watch Avatar, and then have them ask you questions because it is so refreshing and it it kind of uh, rejuvenates me a little bit in my fandom in Avatar. So it's it's really really cool because you you get to feel their excitement yeah, like it, you felt it the like, first time too. She's like or she it's a he. Um, anyway, uh, he's like oh the uh, you know the. Siege of the North. It was so cool. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, it fucking was. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Oh, cool. No, I'll definitely, uh, you know, have to go make some friends yeah. um, first, and then I'll find one that hasn't watched Avatar. Ian's like, we're not friends. He's my business partner. <laughs> okay? I don't I mean, have he, friends. He's my work wife. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Love you, Danny. <laughs> uh, anyway, anyway. So we kind of get this uh, the layout of the land. Uh, they're going through this mining town, and they kind of go up on this the side of a mountain, this plateau, uh, and I when I when I see this, I envision when uh, Korra was trying to get into the the spirit realm, right? And they had they had to yeah. go to this this far off place that was uh, an old air air nomad right. sanctuary. That's what I kind of that's what I kind of see when when this happens. There's this like circular, you know, flat area. Um, they're told to sit down, Jianzu. meditate. Yeah, they're told to meditate. And then Janzu lights a, a incense. Thank you, incense in, in between <laughs> them, and then they start going and, and meditating. I was gonna try to finish your sentence again. <laughs> I hate just, you, every I time I hate you guys. <laughs> <laughs> just right at the last minute, get the last word in. <laughs> Dick. Uh, I thought I, one thing. I thought it was interesting that Kyoshi didn't know what the Avatar state was. Like your help taking care of what you what they thought is the Avatar. The Avatar's been around for generations I, at this point how do you not know what the avatar state is nobody taught you this like is this not common knowledge well you know she was an orphan and didn't go to school yeah so. but she this also lived this in avatar palace yeah I, but I think, that, I think that goes to show how removed from all the information that she was true. yeah that's like what, she was a true. servant she wasn't like even though she was a close friend of yoon he didn't let her know on he was she wasn't privy to all that information that's true that's a good point and even even in like Atla, when uh, Aang enters the Avatar State, yeah, Korra, everyone's like, "What the holy fuck? shit!" Yeah, right. 
Really? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's that yeah. seems yeah. weird right. to me. You're right. Yeah, I don't think it's common. I don't think it's that common knowledge. That's like yeah. the secret weapon of the Avatar. I know, though, you know? I know, like it's. I guess if you know, you know. Like definitely, like Azula knew about the Avatar state and that kind of stuff. Right. So. Well, yeah, everyone knew about the Avatar state after uh, the, siege the Siege of the, of the North. North. Yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> They're like, oh, can't really shit. miss that one. That's one of the biggest yeah. Avatar states probably ever. Right. For sure. I mean, what was that guy, General Fong, that wants to invoke the Avatar state? Right. He's like, you're ready to face the Fire Lord because when you're heard doing this, when you're doing this that, legend yeah. of of the Avatar and and the uh, water spirit destroying a whole armada. Right. You know, pretty nuts, but. Kyoshi at this point had no idea what that was. What's uh? What, what? How does he? He tells them to do something when they're meditating, right? Or don't open their eyes. Yeah, yeah. The whole time, he's sure. like, do not open your eyes. It, you're still getting yeah, the sense so of dread, set, man. So to set the setting out, right? They're next to this cave. They're outside the they're cave, in right? The cave. Or are they in the cave? I think I thought they were outside. I think the they're cave. outside the cave. Okay. They're just outside the cave. They're like on this plat. They're on the side of a mountain. They're I right. They're yeah. On, on this yeah. like plateau built out, out of the side of the mountain. And then they're kind of facing this cave. When I heard, when I when I uh, listened to it for the first time, I thought that it was like a far off oh, cave. Okay, like in the distance. In the distance, but from after reading it, I it's it's kind of close. I think. Ooh man, it's about to get good, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she wants to open her eyes, but she's not. She's not doing it, and she hears a voice, and she thought it was Yoon, but it wasn't Yoon. It was someone else. Who was it? I think it was one of one of her past lives. I think it was Karuk. She's meditating, and then she she like uh, she she finally opens her eyes and she sees what the hell's going on. She looks over at at Yoon. He's still meditating. He he didn't say anything. And then um, she she looks over at the cave and sees this glowing eyeball. Well, and before she opens her eyes, this is I found this interesting. I remember now. She smells something fungal and strangely familiar. Right. I picked that up on that little too. little word, strangely yeah. familiar. You're like, hmm. I, we'll, we'll learn more about that actually in the next book. It wasn't so atrocious as it was familiar is what she says. Yeah. Familiar to whom she thought. And then here's what it was. It says, you know what would be funny, she said. Or if it was, you know, neither of us. If it were, Neither one of us is the avatar. <laughs> you know? It would be actually kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, not for Kelsang though. You'd have to go do that whole thing again. And so and then what I was saying is... Uh, she says, Kiyoshi, I need to tell you something important, me and you. And she thought that was Yoon talking, but he was just, he wasn't doing anything. Oh. So she opens her eyes. She opens her eyes and then looks over and he's still meditating. And he sees, she sees Janzu just kind of standing there. Then looks over into this cave and this big glowing eyeball comes out. They say it's the size of a wagon a wheel. A wagon wheel, yes. So giant. <laughs> what? This is singing wagon wheel. Oh. The old crow medicine show. Um, so it's, we kind of, we don't know yet what this we is, don't know what the hell this right? Is. But it's yeah. a big glowing thing that's making its way at the, at, towards the entrance of the cave from the inside. Right. And Janzu. Like this whole, well, the whole time she can't move. Yeah. Like she can't really well, move. Well, she's just realizing now that, that she can't move. She can't move. She's trying to scream. She can't scream. She's trying to, you know, look back at, at, at Yoon, look back at John. She can't move. You ever been so scared? Like, you ever woken up in the middle of the night and you thought you heard something like when you were a kid and you can't scream? You can't move? That, have you ever been scared sleep, like that? Sleep paralysis. Yeah. Like, yeah. have you ever gotten that? Yeah. That's what I imagine she's happen- okay. happening right now. She's, like, so scared that she can't even move or say anything. <laughs> sleep paralysis is so fucking weird. Dude, it's scary <laughs> as shit, bro. Because <laughs> you're still, sleep- you're still uh, sleeping. You're dreaming. Is that what it is? Yeah. No. Kinda, I feel like I'm still wo- dreaming. I've definitely woken up and been like, "You're like sleepwalking." I'm telling you. But I was aware of this situation. I think. You're, well, I think you're still aware when you're sleepwalking as well, but you just don't remember it when you go back. No, I definitely woke up and had this sensation. <laughs> this is definitely not a sleeping thing. Uh, that's I, what I'm doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so she's got anyway. she's got she's so scared that she's like can't move or speak. Right. 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 The. Jianzu, um greets this big thing as Father Glowworm. Right. And, right. And in turn, Father Glowworm refers to him as architect. Yeah, which I didn't I didn't get I, that. I don't understand why. And I even reading it again or listening to it this time through and thinking back on the first and second book, it never explains why he refers to him as architect. Well, isn't Father Glowworm coming out of these big holes in the 
in the side of the mountain or whatever. There's multiple holes in the side of the mountain. Right. Uh, uh, I, I think we can talk about we, Father Glorum without giving away too much. I, that's. I think that's in the next book, buddy. Oh. Yeah. I'm okay. Because you kind of architect. Yeah. Uh, why? Why is he called the architect? I thought that he, they called him. He called him the architect because. I thought Jianzu was the one that built this area. Yeah, this that's what I thought. Out of, out of thought. the cave and and uh, to, to greet, you know, Father Glowworm. Because it, it, it's not the first time that he's met Father Glowworm. No. But we learn that F- Father Glowworm is of the same spirit species, I guess you could say, as Ko the Face Dealer. Right? Not really. Yeah. He's just a. I, same, I thought it was same, like a glob. Like, what now? I thought it was a eyeball goop. Well, yeah, he's he no, he has that like flubber, <laughs> like flubber, big hole eyeball. I'm, I'm thinking of like a gelatinous cube from Dungeons and Dragons. That's kind of what I'm thinking, but it's it has tendrils and and stuff. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Ko the Face Stealer, Father Glowworm, and then Ko's mom are mother, mother of faces. faces. Mother of faces. Nice. Are nice. all inter? They're all related. Yeah. In the I, spirit world, I yeah, I think I think Father Glowworm is related to to Ko at some yeah. Some I, I can't remember exactly how, but the important so the reason why we're bringing this up so this isn't giving away anything from the next book or anything, but um, Father Glowworm has the ability to tunnel into the real world from the spirit world. He created this this cave that they're seeing. That's why it looks so manicured when Kiyoshi got there and was wondering what was going on because it was actually a portal to the spirit world. That's kind of unique at this time. The crossover. Yeah, for sure. And and why Jianzu has brought them there, we don't know yet. We're about to find out in just a minute. But it's the first time we're seeing anything like this in the book so far. Right. So it was actually kind of cool. I like that there is a spirit that can do that. I'm trying to find in the book where, where he – because he references Ko. Like he's, he's – In this chapter? In he? this chapter. He's, he's angry. Yes. He's, he's like, because- you think you can – you know, this Ko – Go, goes around and you know loud mouth loud mouth and now you feel like you can talk to me you know in the same way oh how okay. dare you kind yeah. of thing so anyway we see a lot of spirits in these books there's definitely a hierarchical system to these spirits right. not all spirits are on the same level as far as like authority and power and a father glowworm is one of those one of those bigger spirits i feel like and yeah. then yeah and he's just under um boomju from cora <laughs> Boom Jew oh. <laughs> <laughs> top tier. Okay. Uh, from the comics, from uh, uh, the search, um, what's that big uh, Mother of Faces? Oh, that is Mother of Faces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So we, I get like, I get a sense of his size and scale. Basically, it seems like a big spirit authority wise is a big spirit physically. I mean, that the eye is the size of, of a, a wagon, wagon wheel. wheel. Yeah. So, yeah. He calls him the chatty little upstart Co. Now every human thinks they can march up to the oldest and wisest of us and demand answers. I thought you had more respect, architect. So they haven't they haven't Does really he speak s- like like uh, Vatu. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> Hold on, the chatty little upstart Co. Architect. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's get this is a this is a long chapter and we got even more on the next so we got to get anyway, into it. Anyway, so he's so Father Glowworm's upset because Jianzu is asking him questions. The question that Jianzu is asking is basically how do we find? Can you find out? Can you tell us which one of these two is the Avatar? Right. One of these two children is the Avatar. You you dealt with uh, the last Avatar. You and, and the Avatars have passed. So you out of anybody would know. Which one of these two is the Avatar? Yeah, and he says that he can tell, but he needs a sample of their blood. And I love the way that sacrifice. He needs a sacrifice. Yeah, sacrifice of their blood. And and or no, yeah, he needs just a sacrifice is what they say, right? Or payment. Payment. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't know what that means yet, but what we know is that uh, what not what we know. I love the way that FCE paints this next scene and the way that they tell who's the next Avatar, right? Because what happens is, is it tendrils or is it just slime? Comes out from Father Glowworm. I think it's slime. They, they call it like a, a carpet of slime, and I just I just with ima- teeth in it. With teeth. That's why I picture the gelatinous cube. From yeah, that makes Dungeons sense. Dungeons and Dragons, because it's just a bunch of stuff inside the damn, you know, goop. 
So and it and it starts wrapping around their legs and hands as they're sitting there on in in their meditative uh, stance. Is right. that correct? Yeah. And 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 is actually like biting them. Right? right. He's getting he's getting a sample of their blood through through he, these teeth in the goop. Right. Before so he goes to to test the blood or get the payment, uh, and he goes to reach for Kyoshi first, and then Yoon wakes up. Wakes up, right? In quotations. Oh, and sees what's going see, on. Well, yeah, sees what's going on. Pushes Kyoshi away, and uh, in all the commotion, he gets caught by Father Glowworm, and uh, I guess he gets hit in the back, and because it says like a. I, I'm like, sorry. I think Father Glowworm first reveals that Kyoshi's the Avatar. No. Yes, because after Yoon gets. No. 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 I, uh, I read this last night. So, no. <laughs> yeah. no. He's he, fresh he, on it, dude. Cuz yeah, he's he um so he stands up and then and Janzu says, "How are you able to stand up?" And so he says, "Poison training. Don't you remember through uh Sifu Amok? Oh, you know, all the things fuck. that you put me through, you should know that I know how to get through poison training." That's why she couldn't move cuz she, she was poisoned. Yes. That's right. So they the were incense. Yeah, the incense poisoned them and they weren't allowed to move. So as Ko goes to reach for Kyoshi, um, Yoon wakes up and pushes Kyoshi away, and then he gets caught in the back by Ko and or Father, Father Glowworm. Glowworm. Or, I'm sorry, Father Glowworm. Yeah, and then uh, he confronts Janzu and is like, you know, poison training, this and that. Pretty badass, pretty, to be honest. Yeah, pretty badass. And then finally, in, in all the other commotion, uh, Kyoshi's foot is caught by by uh I'm calling it Ko, god damn it. Father Glowworm. And the way he the way FCE talks about how the the teeth were just kind of sawing at her feet, it just it's really descriptive and kind of gross. He tastes her blood for a second and then basically says, It's this one. It's her. Oh, okay. So but so Kyoshi Father Glowworm tries to still go after Kyoshi too though. Well, yeah. He has her in his grasp. Yeah. So at once, as soon as as Father Glowworm says that it's Kyoshi, uh, Janzu grabs her and and like pulls her away, but only her. Yeah. So and, and lets Yoon get taken by Father so Glowworm. So this is uh, this is something I got in the second reread, where like I'm realizing Janzu didn't want to lose either right. of them. On I this thought trip. the same. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. He wasn't trying to lose. Like something happens in the scene where I'm like, oh, he wasn't trying to kill off you. Yeah, no, he was he was trying to protect the Avatar first and foremost. Yes. So he was getting the Avatar um, out, of danger. out of danger, and then he was going back to get Yoon, and then Father Glowworm. It, it talks about how the Father Glowworm had wrapped himself kind of around Yoon like a snake guarding its prey. So he goes back, and he's like, well, you know, uh, I guess. Tough shit. Well, and what well, Father Glowworm says too is that the reason why he wanted to take Kyoshi is because he wanted to take revenge right. on Karuk. He didn't w- no, Janzu didn't want Father Glowworm taking his uh taking it out on Kyoshi, the the beef that he had with Karuk. Okay, yeah, because him and Karuk, Karuk had beef in the yeah. past yeah. and now he he was a suspect that Father Glowworm would, would, would try, try to, to kill Kyoshi. Yeah, yeah, in response to that. Right. So that's when he knew, okay, Kyoshi's the avatar. Holy shit. Right. Get her out of Get here. Get her out of here. I didn't. I don't recall him. Does he go back for? Yeah, he Yoon? T- he turns he, back around and and goes goes to get you. I think he knew that their sacrifice was going to be made because because no, when he no, goes this when is Father what I thought the goes first after, time around, I'm telling you the second read, I was like, oh, he wasn't trying to lose either of but them. But when he, when he, Father Glowworm starts going after Kyoshi, he says, "Your sacrifice, your your payment has been made." He knows that there's a payment that has to be made. He says, uh, Janzu says, the price has been paid, and he goes, I'm upping the price. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he like, knew that there was a price to pay one the of them. Price was of, the there. price was the blood that they took from both Yoon and Kiyoshi. That was the initial price. Oh, I thought the price was, I'm taking one of them, huh. whoever's not the no, avatar. No, 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 no. No. Oh, okay. So once he, once he found out that, there, that the reincarnation of the avatar was there, he's like, I'm killing everybody here. Right. Pretty much. But yeah. Right. Damn. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I say I didn't even get that the second time through through the audiobook. So yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, hold on. What it uh, it explains in this chapter too that when Yoon finds out he's not the Avatar, 
Right. Yeah. Okay. Right. So we were talking about how uh, this is like when he was saying that he's uh, he, he would be happy if it was if it's not him, it's it's Kiyoshi. Um, Bullshit. Well, yeah, it's definitely armor. Uh, you know, when um, when they were describing it, where uh, Father Glowworm says that it's the girl who's who's the avatar. She looked over at Yoon and he was shocked. So this entire time. He thought he was. He still thought that he was the avatar. And when it was confirmed that it was Kyoshi, he it like it destroyed his entire world. And she realized that I just mortally wounded yeah. Yoon. I think this was the changing character. This is what I'm saying. Like this underlying resentment that right. had kind of been there if this was true is now showing itself. Right. And we see how that comes back later in the book. But. It's definitely – there was this whole thing going on with you the whole time underneath right. that he wasn't showing. Right. So now that Jianzu and, and Kyoshi are away from Father Glowworm and he's kind of in between them with Yoon, he he essentially grabs Yoon and yanks his ass back into the, uh, the spirit spirit world. Yeah, back um, into the cave at least. Into the cave. Yeah. And Aang's – or Aang. Yoon's got no fight in him. He's just done. Well, yeah, his world has just been ripped from him. He found out that he's not the Avatar, so, I mean, what kind of... Does he have anything left to live for? And I'm sorry, is this not... Um, Kiyoshi is struggling moving, and Still. and when she sees Yoon get get pulled in... She screams she, fire. Fire. Yeah, so this is... It's like oh. it's like so, confirmation. So is like, oh, yeah, he's right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, but then he tries to, like, blame her and say, like, if you would have just... Passed the test earlier. Basically, yeah. You're responsible for Yoon's death, is what he's saying to her. I mean, that's all this could have been avoided if you had just yeah. And, then, and she cut him off. When and then she tries to fire bend at him, and, and she's too weak. Nothing. It the so she's running away. She's really upset that that he let Yoon get killed. She she starts running away, and um, he's chasing her essentially. And I I kind of feel like it's like Terminator Two, where it's just like. He's just walking, and anything that she tries to do, he's just negating any earthbending that she's doing to get away. Well, he cuffs her too, right? Eventually. Yeah. So this is where shit really pops off, and this it's a lot that happens in a, in a few scenes, or right. in a few moments. But right. basically, as this whole thing's going down with Kyoshi and Kel- and Jianzu, Kelsing actually shows up on his glider, still injured from... All the battle ba- on the all iceberg. bandaged up, yeah. Yeah, he comes in. I don't how he found him. I don't know. Touching on him through the spirits, he, you know and, who knows. And Kiyoshi explains, like even for a, a fully airbender, Full, fully this, healthy airbender, the trip would, would, be would be exhausting, arduous. Yeah, and he makes his way out there, and immediately is asking like, "Where's Yoon? What's going on? This and that." Jianzu says that Yoon was eaten by. Father Glowworm. Right. Right. And Kiyoshi's like, uh-uh, that's not what happened. That's not exactly you, what happened. You fed him to him. Right. You killed him. And this is where this is where I didn't understand Jianzu. Right. Um, I don't know if he uh, – this is why I still think he, he knew what was going to happen and that somebody had to die there that day because he says, yeah, he died and I'm sad about it. But, like, it wasn't – there was no actual remorse in right. any of this. Right, it's right. just kind of like he's being a diplomat at right. this point, trying to save face. I think that's what – that's what – that's saying. what they're trying to get across. He, yeah, he's very cold and diplomatic about it. Yeah, and what and then? Kelsang comes in and tries to save Kyoshi, right? Yeah, he he says you're not fit to to be to teach the Avatar anymore. I'm taking Kyoshi away from here. Uh, and then again, that's where we where we get Jianzu says I know every single bender. I know all any master around the entire world. If I give the the uh, the heads up, people will be bending over backwards to bring Kyoshi back to me. So run, run if you will, but I will get her eventually. What a bitch. I know, right? And then Kelsang tries to airbend him away, right? right? They start kind of fighting. Well, yeah, he takes a he takes a combative stance against Jianzu, does like a gust of air uh, to get Jianzu away. It was He was using non-lethal force. Because, Negative Jin. Well, yeah, he was using non-lethal force because he's a, an air nomad and he didn't want to kill Jianzu. Yeah, he wasn't there to hurt anybody there. Right. He was just there to help Kyoshi like right. he always is. And and what I took from this is that Jianzu mistook that for an act of aggression and was trying to actually harm Jianzu. So in in retaliation, uh, Jianzu used lethal force and basically slit Kelsang's throat. Literally slit his throat. Yeah, with like yeah. a razor rock. Straight up just killed him. Yep. Right there. His old friend, yep. his companion, his his fellow, you know, teacher to Karuk. Right. For... 
how many years now? For, maybe 40, yeah, 40 yeah. years yeah. at this point? Yeah. Kills him on the spot. Lots um, of blood in this book. It's very it's very adult. It's not it's not for kids uh, at all. No, Young it's awesome. Adult. Yeah, it's awesome. But this is where I this is another thing, dude. Jonzu, you, you like he's a, he's a self-preservationist at his core. If exactly. something was threatening his authority, it was if threatening to take the avatar away from him, which is his only claim to authority at this point, then he's nothing will stand in his way. Not even Kelsang. Yep. And he straight up murks him, dude. And then how's it described at the when Kiyoshi sees this, how's it described? Like her eyes bleed so, light or something like that. All right, I'm just going to read the last couple uh, yeah, please. Uh, paragraphs of, of, the, of the book or the chapter. It says, uh, after he was cut by Janzu, uh, a spurt of blood came from the side of Kelsang's neck. From a finger-length cut so clean and precise it was almost elegant. Janzu's expression flickered with a sadness that was deeper and truer than what he'd given to Yoon. As he watched his friend fall, Kelsang collapsed to the ground, his head bouncing lifelessly off the hard-packed earth. Ugh. Those were the last things Kiyoshi saw before the white glow behind her eyes took over her entire being. And that's how the chapter ends. And that is how the chapter ends. Hype. (laughs) Hype. (laughs) How does that not hype you up? Dude, I'm so hype, and that's why I'm bummed to say, friends, we said we were going to get to the next chapter. We're running. This is a long one today. We're not going to get to it. But uh, I think uh, I think Ricky has to get to get to yeah, work. Yeah, I'm late. <laughs> I'm he's, very. He's got to check I'm in with his parole late. officer. Yep, oh, yep, oh, <laughs> yep. You know, basically that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. So I'm super hyped for the next chapter. I really wish you could talk about it, but you know, it's gonna have to be gonna have to be the next next one. If you're upset that we didn't get through this. You send us an email and title it Ricky Sucks. <laughs> you can send it to the Cabbage Cart Podcast Call at gmail.com. Ricky, quit your job. Yeah. <laughs> just send all your hate mail directly to Ricky. There you go. And uh, we'll review it on the next episode. I'm happy to take it too. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that L. Hey, any press is good press, baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Love it. So we'll wrap this up today, though. Uh, we'll finish up next. We're gonna we we're gonna be jumping right into the next chapter, which is right. really where the story kicks off next week. So it's you- one of my favorite chapters. That's why I'm like, dude, I have to go. There's no way I'm gonna rush through this chapter. No, today. we're gonna take our Fuck time. No. It's a good call. We're, we'll be back next week with that, and it's my favorite chapter as well. Yeah. So let's close it out. All right. Remember to rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow what's what we have a website now. <laughs> yeah, I, this is hard to remember, so write it down. Cabbagecartpodcast.com. <laughs> Follow the Cabbage Cart Podcast on Instagram. Follow Triforce AZ on Instagram. Y'all ready to get out of here? Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. Uh-huh.